How did the Dallas Mavericks pull off, then almost not pull off, then pull off the win against the Lakers in LA? Should Scott Foster ever ref a Chris Paul game ever again? And Greg Popovich, not for the booze. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On NBA your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and comment anything below. Do you think Scott Foster should ever ref a Chris Paul game ever again? Let me know in the comment section. And joining me, as always, on a Thursday, host of Locked On Bulls. What you got for me, Pat the Designer? Uh, hold on a sec, Nick. Uh, yeah, hey, we're better than this. We're better than this. This we is are not better. us. No, this is not this us. This is not us. This is not, yes, take this other mic away. This is not us. We're better than this, people. The we're not better than this. Why does Pat, he think they're better Pat than literally this? picked up another, like, $500 microphone. <laughs> was, was that a flex? In. Was that a flex? I'm sorry. Was a that a slight flex? A little flex. I had a studio. A second one that he wasn't using. We'll talk about Greg Popovich not wanting the booze for Kawhi Leonard. We'll talk about it in our, our Count It Up segment. We'll talk about Chris Paul and Scott Foster. They get in on, again. Get a room, guys. I mean, can, can we figure this out? Get a therapist. Sit down on the couch. We need couples counseling is what they need right now. But I want to start here, Pat. Maybe the best game of the night. Yeah. Mavs, Lakers. Didn't seem like it was going to be the best game of the night. Mavs had a, held a 20-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then slowly but surely, LeBron, Austin Reeves, the Lakers chip away, chip away, chip away. The Lakers held a one-point lead or two-point lead with a minute 16 left. Luka and the Mavericks didn't score a field goal for the first eight minutes of the quarter. Yeah. <laughs> eight minutes. LeBron and, the, LeBron and the Lakers held a two-point lead with a minute 16 left. Luka kicks over to Kyrie. He hits a three, bails everybody out, hits some free throws at the end to make it 104 to 101. Oh, my goodness. Th this game, if you're listening from the Mavericks perspective and if you want to listen to Lockdown Mavs, you can listen to ours. This game is one where you go, I don't know how to feel after a game like this. Do you feel better that you just pulled out the win and you won? Because this whole season for the Mavericks is, have they proven that they can raise their floor? We're not sure the ceiling has been raised because of the moves that they've made, right? You still feel like Luka and Kyrie are at a certain level, but everybody else yeah. around them, are they going to allow them to get to a certain level? Are they going to win a playoff series? Are they going to be a team that, you know, can can get farther in the playoffs. Like, I, I don't know. But how much have they raised their floor? In this game, Lakers on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. The Mavericks had two days off. They were in L.A. How can they raise their floor and, and win a game like this and basically take care of business in a game like this? And they had for three quarters. They played really good. You felt really good about them. It's the best defense they've played all year. 20-point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, it just gets chipped away and chipped away by the one thing you think wouldn't leave this Mavericks team, and that is offense. They could not score, could not hit a field goal for the first eight minutes. It was just a brutal thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, listen, as uh, somebody who covers the Chicago Bulls who have scored 33 <laughs> points and a half twice, twice. <laughs> I know something about brutal offense there, Nick. And uh, 
No, the fourth quarter, it, it felt discombobulated. Oh. I think that's a that's the perfect word to use, right? It, it felt like everyone was waiting for somebody to step up yes. for the Dallas Mavericks. Who's going to counter what LeBron's doing? LeBron James, 39 years old, absolutely going out there. And, and I mean, like, it looked like vintage LeBron for, for a quarter of basketball where it was just like, oh, wow. Like, he's still 260 pounds and nobody in the world can stand in front of him and stop him. I was looking for Luka to be that guy. And I guess to Luka's credit, right, he tried to be that guy. His shot was just off. And then, I, to me, that is the moment where I was sitting there in the fourth quarter and I was like, Jay Kidd, you got to drop something that gets Kyrie Irving more involved in this fourth quarter. He needs to have the basketball in his hands a lot more because there's nobody on the Lakers who can stand in front of Kyrie for more than six seconds, Max, right? Max like Christie is having nightmares right now thinking about you know what I mean? Kyrie like, in this game. Absolutely. And so I just, I, I looked at it from the mass perspective and, and watching that fourth quarter and going down, I felt like, Yes, of course, the offense disappearing. You want to see Luka get it going. You want to see something draw up. But I really thought it was a failure on Jason's kid, Jason Kidd's part not to go, hey, Luka, listen, it's not falling right now. We've got another guy on this team that absolutely can do it. They have nobody who can defend him. Let's go through Kyrie in this fourth quarter. Let's put this thing away. Now it ends up working out for you, right? Sometimes you need little things like this to put you over the hump. You get yeah. the ball to Kyrie Irving one time on a three-point shot. He knocks it down. It puts you ahead. And all of a sudden, you're talking about coming out of this thing with a win. But I just, I, I looked at it, and, and sometimes you need that luck, but you also need to learn from this. In moments like this, I need to see Jason Kidd not be, uh, what's the sound drop? I'm watching just like you guys are. Mm. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like yeah, you no, guys. No, no. How about you coach a little bit in that fourth quarter? That's what I want to see from Jason Kidd. I'm incredibly proud of you for bringing up that drop. I was going to do the same thing because that drop. I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. Came from a question I asked him last season when he did not call a timeout and the other team went on like a 15-0 run. Yeah, 16-2 run, by the way. Right, which is almost the same thing in this one. They went on a 15-0 run last year and he didn't call a timeout to stop it or, or do anything like that. And that, you know, it came from, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm, I'm watching just like you guys. I can't affect the game. And basically kind of giving up and saying that the coaching position in, in the NBA can't affect the game as much as the players can, obviously. And Jason Kidd is a former player, maybe feels yeah. that differently than some of us or maybe feels that differently than uh, like a – like a perfect, like a, a coach that's been a lifer coach, right? That's yeah. only been a coach in his career. And so that's been a, a, an interesting thing. He didn't call a timeout until like two minutes and 21 when the Lakers were, Lakers were only down two at that point. And so it was just a weird thing. I put it on Jason Kidd too. If they lost that game, I was going to go in on Jason Kidd. And I did yeah. to a degree on lockdown Mavs and kind of talked about how he didn't call a timeout, didn't run anything else. And I have to go in on Luca too, because the fourth quarter was you, you said discombobulated. I'm going to go like a step worse. It was lackadaisical. Yeah. <laughs> Both using $10 words. They, they felt one. like they, it, it felt like they were like, we're up 20. We're up we're 18. Up, we're up 20. We're they're up second 16. out of a back-to-back. -back. We just lost yeah. the second out of a back-to-back. -back. Like, oh, they're going to feel it like we did. And we'll just coast this one. Everything's going well. Guys are playing well. Other guys like Josh Green and, and Kyrie are stepping up. It'll work. And so Luca was just settling and just settling and settling and settling. And this is what yeah. happens in his career where he settles for shots. He hasn't been settling for the step back threes as often as he was last year, which is why he's been more efficient and better from yeah. three, but over three from three in the fourth quarter, one of seven from the field overall in the fourth quarter, got to the free throw line twice, but you know, and hit all of those, which is great. But 
man, it just felt like he was giving the game away because the Mavericks defense was good, was good in this game, but it's not yeah. good enough for them to stop scoring. Like I you, feel like, like with, they just have to keep scoring. For, like, I feel like what J- what Jason Kidd is waiting for with Luca is the moment where he has right because again we've talked about this a couple of times on Locked On NBA and we've talked about Jason Kidd. Jay Kidd w- wanted the reins off of him. Don't overcoach me. Let me do what I'm doing on the floor. 100%. I feel like Jay Kidd looks at Luca and says, in the fourth quarter, when you realize your shot's not falling in your brain, it should automatically go. I need to start passing more. One assist from Luca. In the in the fourth quarter, where in a game where he last assisted the basketball, the very last one, the game very where... well, yeah, exactly right. Like in a game where he passed the ball very very well, elite level passing today from Luka Doncic. All until that fourth quarter, where I just like that's the moment where Jay Kidd's got to be a little bit of a coach again and just go, "Hey, uh, I get it. You you want I want you to do your own thing, but uh, you see that guy over there? He shoots really well. Let's get him the ball a little bit. I don't know. I, don't I, I need to see more from Jay Kidd." Here's the thing. I don't always tell you guys the truth. I've been asking for this from Jason Kidd since he got here. Can can he speak to Luca? Is he the one that can get into Luca's ear and take him to that next level? Because Luca needs somebody to help him get to that next level and help him get through some of this stuff like this. And he's had a really bad game earlier this season, the worst that he's had. And now he's had this quarter where it's one of the worst quarters I've ever seen from him. And where does Jason Kidd's role fall into that? Does he want to be the hands off? I'm going to wipe my hands of this clean and say, Hey, you know, I, I put everything in front of him. I gave him the tools and all that, and he just didn't take it. Or yeah. is he going to be a little bit more involved and try and get Luca? Because the, the reason why the Mavericks hired him is because players love him. LeBron in this game was one that wanted him to be the coach of the Lakers. Yeah. And it didn't happen. So it, it's just one of these. But you end it, and the Mavs won, right? And that's the difference between last season for the Mavericks and this season for the Mavericks is that yeah. they come away with, with wins like this. They're, they're now, what, 7-1 uh, and one in clutch games this season so far? They've won these games because their clutch offense has been better. They can create shots. They can create shots whenever. And Luke and Kyrie are on a better, like, on the same page in the clutch. They they run better offense. They, they do all that. And so when it comes down to it, when they have to actually, like, sit up in their in their chair and go, all right, let's, let's run some actual real plays and let's actually get Kyrie an open three so we can hit it and we can win this game and then get intentionally fouled and then win it. And so they, they can do that kind of stuff. But it's when it gets bogged down and when Luka's just – does the ISO thing and they don't create stuff and they don't push in fast break. One of the reasons why they were in this, they were had a big lead in this game. They had 18, they had 15 fast break points in the first half. That's like, yeah. I think that's the most they've had in the first half this season. They don't, they don't push the ball out, but they've been trying a lot this season. That's been a big emphasis from everybody all through training camp, all through the preseason and all that is to push the pace. And then they just went away from it for sure. in in the fourth quarter, and yes, you got to give credit to LeBron. He was excellent. Austin Reeves was good in this one. Jason Kidd decided to not play Josh Green in the fourth quarter. Josh Green had been really good against Austin Reeves, so that one doesn't make sense. And then the Mavericks were without Derek Lively in the yeah. fourth quarter, and Lively had been really good. It's wild how important he is for this team. I'm, he I'm, went down hard, man. I'm telling when, all when, you guys when he hit the when he hit the floor. I was like, oh man, like those are the those are the worst when you're like trying to catch yourself on yeah. the rim and, and the just, fingers no just don't grab those are the injuries that you worry the most about because they it looked like it almost looked like he caught himself enough but then you worry about the wrist you worry about you yeah. know the tailbone all of that so. those are the worst ones you felt those where you can't hold on to the rim long enough and then you fall and you fall on your back <laughs> where's dwight <laughs> those are the ones where you like you, you, you know that feeling when you can't I, hold on to the rim Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure. 
listen, listen, listen. <laughs> little gut now. I used to be able to get up there. Yeah, you know I mean, and I have definitely let go. The fingers slipped off, and you was like, "Oh no!" You you literally go, "Uh oh." There's 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 nothing to save me now but the ground. <laughs> uh oh. Oh yeah. Hey, that's what I say when I missed the rim because I didn't I didn't dunk and I, I didn't get it. Down. We still we still we're still talking about basketball, right? We're still talking. About basketball. Still. You okay there? You hey, know, I know we're recording this after dark, but it <laughs> it will be heard by people in the early morning. Locked on NBA after dark. Maybe wow. their maybe their families around. <laughs> oh my god. I need a recovery beer. We'll talk about Scott Foster oh, and Chris Paul coming up. Should Scott Foster ever ref a Chris Paul game again? We'll talk about that coming up. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On NBA, being part of the show, and every day or listening every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Yeah. You don't want to pay for those subscriptions anymore? Boom, just watch on YouTube. You can watch. You're probably watching us on there right now. We appreciate everybody doing that. We have a local show that covers your team every day. Check the link in the description to find all of them. On the Locked On Sports Today YouTube channel, subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So many sports. I I, I put it on in my office. Yeah. It's just like Locked On Pac-12, Locked On NFL Draft, Locked it, On. It's a hard switch. I'm not going to lie. Like, you'll go it's from, so like, much. listening to Locked On Bulls, and it'll be like Locked On Packers. Like, Wait a minute oh now. That God, was a... But it's, there's something for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's a tasting menu, right? Like, it's a t- it's a flight. It's a beer flight. It's, it's not a like, beer flight. That's a great way to describe right. it. Like, you get a little bit of everything. Yeah, it keeps you, you informed on everything. And then you find it's, one in the middle, and you're like, oh, I like this one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I like this one. I'm in. All right. Chris Paul and Scott Foster. They got beef. They got history. We know this. He, he has, I don't think he's won a playoff game. That Scott Foster's ref. This has been a thing. He is a part of the Golden State Warriors, and they lose the night 115 to 123. And in yeah, this it was game, Scott Foster's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't getting cooked well before that. That was all Scott Foster. It's not really the point of this, but Chris Paul and Scott Foster get into it. And it's been yeah. it's been a thing that they've they've talked about. We talked about forever. And they get into it, and Scott Foster looks at him and says, This is what you always do to me. And then Chris Paul keeps going. He says, stop. You, you know, he does the whole thing like, oh, you better stop. And then he doesn't stop. Chris Paul keeps yapping at him. And then Scott Foster throws him out. So just another Scott Foster, Chris Paul game. But then after the game, Chris Paul says this. Yeah, it's, it's personal. Yeah. We had a situation some years ago. And it's personal. You know what I mean? Like, the league know, everybody knows. It's been a meeting and all that. And. It's just a situation with my son, and so it's, yeah, we, yeah, so I'm I'm okay with a ref talking, you know, saying whatever, saying just don't use a tech to get your point across, you know what I mean, so. It's a situation with his son, a situation that he had before, and then Kendra Andrews of ESPN reported that, you know, he says there was a situation with his son and there was a meeting while he was with the Clippers with himself, Scott Foster, Doc Rivers, and Chris Paul's dad. And, like, it it just seems like a weird thing where it's a personal matter between him and Scott Foster. And, honestly, like, I'm kind of with Chris Paul that it does feel like Scott Foster does take this to a to a level where it it seems personal to him too, and he's using a tech in the personal means, and that's why I start to think, well, should he ever te- ref a Chris Paul game again because of this thing? Let me play devil's advocate here. 
This all goes down. Everything happens, right? Chris Paul ends up getting ejected from this game in a fashion that a lot of players would get ejected from a game, right? Where you're sitting there and you're arguing with a ref and the ref says, all right, you're done. That's enough. You've said your piece, blah, blah, blah. You keep arguing, tech. You keep arguing, tech. I've seen players that aren't Chris Paul get thrown out for that. Everybody but Draymond. Well, Draymond just talks. Yeah, I mean, he gets to do whatever he wants to do. But, uh... You know, like the situation to me where I see Scott Foster go, you always do this to me, tells me that in Scott Foster's mind, at least, this is a situation where it's a lose-lose situation for him. One, he's a ref. So everybody's against the ref, right? And listen, I don't don't think he's a great ref. Who was the Uh, ref last week that said, anytime I make a call, somebody is mad at me? (laughs) Yeah, no, facts, right? Like every time you make a call, somebody's going to be mad at you. So one, he's a ref. Two, Chris Paul is one of the most beloved players in the NBA. Whatever he says is going to go. Scott Foster isn't going to go. I'm talking about by fans. Uh, Scott Foster isn't going to go to uh, he wasn't even the loved question by the, mark face. He wasn't even loved by the fans of the team he's playing for. He was actually Still. hated by the fans of the team he's playing for. Anyway. Well, yeah, when, you, when you've when you gone against them, right? But I think everybody generally looks at Chris Paul and goes, one of the best point guards of all time, blah, sure, blah. Sure. Puts, him in, puts him in the rafters and all of that, right? Like, on the Scott Foster side of this, I wonder if there's a little bit of like, oh, you're going to play this game again, so you get to play the victim, and you get to go out there, and now now you bring the situation up. Now I look bad. Now it's got something to do with your son. I'm not saying that none of those things happened, but in this situation, wow. in this singular situation, and Scott Foster's been in the wrong in a lot of these situations, in this singular situation, he gave him the same amount of leeway that I see a ton of other players get. He told him, you're done, Chris. You're done. Chris wasn't done, and he teched him up, and then he got him out of the game. So you have no problem with another with Scott Foster refing Chris Paul games, even listen, if his teams it, continue to lose them, he continues to get ejected in them. Listen, is it Scott Foster's job to be a referee? He's going to get these games. He's one of the top referees in the NBA now, whether we agree with that or We're not, told. right? Like. Age-wise and percentage-wise on the percentage of these calls, which I need an independent study on some of these. Because it's like, uh, I remember looking up the ref numbers last year for like refs going up against the Bulls. No, there's real numbers. I remember looking them up for refs going up against the Bulls, and I was like, there's no way that these guys are the best <laughs> refs the Bulls get because we haven't won a single game with any of them. But it, but it is what it is, right? Do you like win games without them. Like he's a he's a he's a ref. Hey, sometimes you got to. Uh, he's a ref. He's gonna be refing Chris Paul games. I'm not singling out Chris Paul for oh you get special treatment. You don't have to deal with Scott Foster. Here's the thing, and I would normally just be like, all right, just run it like, Hey, be everyone be professional and let's just run with it. And, and we'll just, it'll be fine. But Brendan clean locked on sons said this. And he said, it's honestly crazy. The NBA is cool with one of its premier refs having a visible and public beef with a future hall of famer. And to me, that's where I'm like, all right, it's very true. We all know this soon as you soon as warriors fans or whoever, whatever team Chris Paul's on soon as they see Scott Foster on the list of refs. You can go to like the NBA fishing Twitter and they like yeah. will tweet it out or, or whatever. As soon as you know that you're like, all right, we're probably gonna lose this game. He's probably gonna get ejected. Some chicanery is probably gonna happen. And like, why wouldn't the NBA just try to avoid that? Right. You're, you're a league for entertainment. It doesn't have to be this thing where it's like, all right, well, it's gotta be fair. Now he's got to ref all the game. Like just avoid it. Just avoid it. Because now we're talking about this. 
And we're not talking about the Suns getting the win. We're not talking about the Warriors, you know, without Draymond and then Chris Paul getting ejected. We're not talking about the, the actual basketball of it. And what was Silver's whole thing? It's like, we want to talk about the basketball. When he was on with J.J. Redick last week, it's like, all right, yeah. let's, let's get back to basketball. This is not a thing that's back to basketball. Now everyone's tweeting about this. Everyone's talking about this. It's Scott Foster, Chris Paul. It's Scott Foster, Chris Paul. The guy played 16 minutes in this game. In this game, like, was not yeah. part of this at all. Well, I mean, they also gave up 37 points in the second quarter. So but we're not talking about been, that. Probably wouldn't have been part of it anyway. But I mean, like, I just, I, I don't know, man. Like, yes, there's a visible beef. Yes, that, but like, I also look at Chris Paul and say, if you know you have that beef, leave him alone. Right? Like, if you know that that issue is there, if you know that it might escalate to that, like, listen, he's one of the smartest players in the NBA. I'm not going to sit here and assume that all of a sudden he's just like, oh, I can do whatever I want because I'm Chris Paul and I know that you're not going to kick me out. Oh, you kicked me out? Darn it. How did that happen? Like, come on. Like, what are we... Like, but at, he does at these a things point, against other refs, too. He just doesn't get away with it against point, Scott Paul. You start looking for it. Right. And I think Chris Paul is to the point now where he's like, I got a Scott Foster game coming up. Let's make something out of it. Let us know in the comment section. Should Scott Foster ever ref a Chris Paul game again? Coming up, it's our segment Count it up. where we count out the most interesting and fun things in the NBA, including Greg Popovich. That's right. We got a new intro. We'll talk about that. Let's do it. That might be worse than the money. Coming up. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked on NBA, being part of this show and all that. We've got a daily show that covers your team every day. Go check it out in the link in the description of this podcast to find one that covers your team. I host Locked on Mavericks. Pat hosts Locked on Bulls. It's now time. I have not shown Pat this at all. I threw it together in the middle of the games today as I was like, we need a new counted up intro. You ready? No, but let's do it. Big chicken, baby. Zion and points to take that okay all right all right all right i'm not mad at it i'm not your, mad i got at your it. drop in there too i got I'm your drop in there i got your drop in there <laughs> no it was the it was the singular counted up that was like oh no what did he do but it, it all together not a bad project i am I don't know if I'm a fan because it's not J. Cole, but it's pretty good. It's, I, 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 I am we couldn't play I am anymore. in favor of it. This is royalty free and we can Yeah, and royalty usable, free for sure. Usable. Did uh did did somebody on Fiverr do that or did you actually edit that music <laughs> together? So, no, the music is part of our library that we have. We Ooh. Have this, like the whole library, and I went through a bunch of tracks. Greg Popovich was upset with Spurs fans. They were booing Kawhi Leonard anytime he got the ball. He was on the free throw line, and Greg Popovich walks up to the microphone, picks up the microphone, and says, "Can we stop all the booing and let these guys play? It's got no, cl- it's not, it's got no class. It's not who we are. Stop all the booing." And then immediately after, the Spurs fans booed louder than than they were before. Uh, People thought it was a gag. They thought that, that Greg and Pop, Greg Popovich and Kawhi Leonard were in on it, but it was just literally Greg Popovich saying, stop booing Kawhi Leonard every time he gets the ball. My question is, are you into it or are you not into it? I hate when people tell people how to fan. Mm. I don't like Kawhi Leonard because he once was a part of our team and I felt like he abandoned our team. He definitely did. Boo. Like, guess what? I would boo. 
I whatever sport it is now. Listen, is he a part of a great championship squad? Is maybe one day everything will be fine? Yeah, but that doesn't change the feelings I had. That if I'm a Spurs fan, I have right now, right? And you know, at the at the end of the day, like, who are you to tell people how that they should cheer for a team or or boo a team, right? When your team was underperforming and they booed you, you didn't have a a problem then. When your team was uh, uh, you know, winning what 24 games or 25 games in a season <laughs> uh, and you were getting booed on the floor. It wasn't that, but Oh, now Kawhi Leonard's back. Like <laughs> it, it felt like, and listen, I love pop pops. One of the greatest coaches of all time, if not going to go down as the greatest coach of all time. Um, but I mean, listen, at the end of the day, that was old man, get off my lawn territory. And it felt, it oh, almost felt holy. like. It almost felt like I'm trying to make friends with the guy that left us again. I love Kawhi and his time in <laughs> and with the Clippers may come Kawhi to an end to sooner than later. Yeah, I, you never know. Like, but but pop planting a seed day. Like that felt like we're we're good here. We respect our players. Shut to up. me, like, to me, it felt like a this guy won a Finals MVP with us. I've been to war with this guy. Like, why are we treating him like this? I understand being upset at first, but we're still doing this. Like, he's on a second team. He's been with the Clippers for what? four or five years now at this yeah. point. Like at this point, you'd think it would be over the booing every time he gets the ball. And so I kind of understand it from Pop. The thing is, even Greg Popovich, the most respected coach, the most maybe the most respected figure on one single team throughout all of the NBA, like maybe Le like is LeBron. LeBron's probably higher than him on the Lakers. And then who else? Like a singular figure being respected by that organization. Pop might be it. Because I was gonna I don't say it's think, probably pop. Listen, so, it's probably pop because nobody else could have went and grabbed the mic. Like let's say, let's say all take all 30 fan bases. Who's the one person that could go to the fan base and be like, hey, stop doing something? Like doing doing a specific thing, right? Yeah. There's nah. it's probably pop, the only one that could do this. And Coach still Cage nobody listened to him at all. And they get the booze got louder because, like you said, don't tell me how to fan. Don't tell me how to feel with this because I, I hate Kawhi Leonard and I don't want Kawhi Leonard yeah. to do well. And I, I enjoy booing. Booing is so fun. I go to Dallas Wings games all the time. I boo every single opposing team and I love it. And I enjoy it so much. And he plays against us. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. like uh, pop was acting like he was, uh, he was the sixth man off of the bench. Stop still. booing like, Wemby. Stop you booing know, Jeremy you know that, <laughs> You know what that felt like? That felt like, remember when uh, coach Krzyzewski like ran over to the student section to tell them to stop. <laughs> chanting against uh who was the coach that that left their staff and to go to and he was just like he's one of us stop it no like like uh, that, that's probably one too but that that felt that literally felt like uh oh pops probably got two or three more years left in this no yeah, start well, start start counting down now. now coach k was gone probably two years after that Pop did a good thing in Dirk's last game where he like took a timeout and let everybody appreciate Dirk when he came out. And, like that was yeah. that was a good thing. He didn't take the mic and was like, everyone yeah. should respect this man. Everyone <laughs> cheer Dirk. Oh, uh, Greg Popovich. Let us know in the comment section. I'm curious what people think about the booing. Tell me, tell me how to boo or don't tell me how to boo and all that. Uh, I'm interested in this one. The NBA is requiring LaMelo Ball to cover a tattoo below his left ear that the league insists violates rules against exposing commercial logos on players' bodies, a policy that sources close to Ball content has been infrequently enforced. So there's a tattoo with, like, LF in, like, the in the font that's his logo for his clothing company. My question is, should the NBA make him do this? 
or because it's a tattoo and he kind of like skirted the rules on this, do you think LaMelo should be able to get away with it? Somebody did this before. Who used to wear a Band-Aid all the time? Nelly? <laughs> well, that too. Uh, no, somebody, some, it, was, it wasn't a like, it wasn't a great, 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 great player. Uh, but somebody used to have to do the same thing where they had to wear a Band-Aid uh, to cover up a logo. I, I mean, it is what it is. I, listen, like, that's it, it, a weird one. It's a weird thing to be upset about. Like, LaMelo Ball's promoting his brand. Like, it's a tattoo of his brand on him. Smart, like, though. Smart on his part, though, to get that brand... Get, to get that the brand logo out there because it's shown in every close up that he ever has. Well, no, well, no. Listen, smart on him because the NBA just banned it. Now everybody's got to go figure out what the heck this brand logo is. Because who's looking at Lamelo Ball's neck? Good job, NBA, for the free promotion. <laughs> no one has noticed this tattoo. You added a tattoo to a sea of tattoos. I guarantee you, no fan went, "Oh, that's new." Like I, I I don't know man that's a that's a weird one how big is it is it like massive no it's I mean it's like uh I don't know silver dollar Pause. sized do people have silver dollars anymore <laughs> I don't know but apparently if you have two dollar bills tennis now, ball uh, size they're worth how? a lot of more oh tennis ball size that's a very different than a silver dollar I don't know it's like in between were, them were you were you going silver dollar pancakes on that that was a very <laughs> big silver dollar you held up there brother okay like, a was, White Castle slider sized. That's a that's a big that's a big logo. It's a it's big pre- logo. It's pretty big and it's red too, so it like stands out. I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to look at that one, but yeah, I mean, listen, I think great job by Lam- his his father's Levar Ball. We know he knows how to market. Never lost. Never lost. Oh, oh oh god, you lost right there. That's hilarious. That is so funny. That is so funny that never lost happened right as your camera went out <laughs> on that one. <laughs> That is perfect. The ghost of Lamar Ball just found me. Lavar <laughs> said, "Oh, you didn't lost. Welcome back." That's amazing. I don't know why OBS just crashed. Uh, last one here with Lamelo. There's so many other ones I want to get. I wanted to <laughs> so talk many about, with Lamelo. I wanted to talk about Jordan Poole walking the dog down the court when the shot clock wasn't going down. I wanted to talk about Katie's tweet about uh, gambling. I wanted to talk about DeAndre Ayton's screens that he set on that one play that was the shot yeah. to the fool, but. I do want to talk about this LaMelo one because LaMelo Ball was asked what his favorite Thanksgiving food is after a game. This is what he had to say live on the air on Bally Sports. And last question for you, LaMelo. Three days off Thanksgiving tomorrow. What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? I mean, I got the chicken, the turkey, ham, shit. What else I'm with? Mm, nah, that's about it. Maybe some other shit. Happy oh, Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, the dessert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My girl be making that. Be smacking for sure. Okay. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks Appreciate so much, LaMelo. Trash. Look. My question to you is, what's the best Thanksgiving food? I'm a mac and cheese snob. I've yeah. also found I've also found out apparently through uh, 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 certain coworkers who are of a different skin complexion uh, that macaroni and than cheese me is not or than you. No, than 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 me. Well, kind of only half of me, right? Only half of me. Uh, that macaroni and cheese is not a go-to at every Thanksgiving. Wow. Should be. I did not know this. Apparently, uh, people of the caucus persuasion do not do macaroni and cheese. And uh, well, the reason why. What, su- what side of the, the southern northern border you are? Because my family growing up in, in Pennsylvania and Michigan did not. But my like Yeah, I can see that. I can see that being a south versus north thing For on sure. that. And I, I literally asked. I said, why? And the response was, we just don't do it well. <laughs> 
And that's the greatest response ever. It's I mean, just like, you, don't. you know, it's just not, it's just not a, a part we, of us. And so we left it off the table. Why don't we have peanut butter and jelly on, on Thanksgiving? Well, you know, cause we don't, we just don't do it well. That was the greatest response ever that they could have hey, given me. If you don't do, if you don't, I like that Labello had to come back with the peach cobbler thing. It was like, hey, can't go wrong with cobbler. Cobbler's great. Um, I'm a sweet potato pie guy. The, we've I've recently got into like the perfect Thanksgiving bite, and I feel like the perfect Thanksgiving bite has what in it? It has turkey. The cranberry sauce is very important. Stuffing, important. You can keep your stuffing, but with the bite. It's got to come with the bite. Cool with stuffing. No stuffing? I'm cool with stuffing. Stuffing is the dumbest food. Yeah. It makes no sense, but on Thanksgiving, now, we're having it. Now, see, again, cultural differences, black household, dressing. Dressing is fire. That's the same thing. We're talking about the same thing. Nah, dressing very different than stuffing. Dressing has a moistness to it. Stuffing is just dry giblets that were stuck inside of that, uh, that turkey. Dressing hit a little different. Yeah, you know I mean, we're talking about the same thing, but we're you're literally it's like we're talking about craft mac and cheese versus like homemade mac and cheese. Yeah, like we're literally very different okay. things there, Nick. So dress, very different things there, is, brother. <laughs> dressing, is and that's why well. it's not on the table. <laughs> but it's in the perfect bite. The dressing, the turkey, uh, all right, all right. cranberry sauce, maybe some bite. mashed potatoes, maybe like a green bean or something in there. I'm uh. I'm, I have you seen the new uh the new like people are coming out with like the giant pot pies of everything already in it? Ooh, I'm intrigued no, no. by this. No, I need the It's I, basically I need, like I, I a pot pie crust, turkeys inside, greens, mac and cheese, all of that, and then they throw that over the top, bake it on oh man, I'm intrigued by they it. They do that at like Witch Witch where you can have a the Thanksgiving the feast like sandwich where you can like have all the stuff in it. Like that that I'm all right with. That'd be good. Dangerous. Dangerous well, game. We know what LaMelo wants. Guys, check out the rest of the shows. Cross Locked On. We'll have a show tomorrow on Locked On NBA for you as well. Uh, I think Wes Goldberg and Adam Mars, they probably already recorded it. So, so it should be in your feed. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Bye-bye. Boom.